Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. One of my favorite things about hosting this show is that I always have to be on the outlook for interesting people. I never know when I'm going to stumble upon somebody who I say, I have to bring this person on the show because the people who listen either regularly or who just stumble upon this one episode will be so inspired by this person. And today's guest sort of fits that. I recently was at my daughter's high school graduation. And for those of you who've ever gone to one of these, you know, mid-sized, big high school graduations, you got to get there early and save all the seats because the grandparents are coming and aunts and uncles are coming and special family friends. So, you know, someone gets sent ahead to go early. And in this case, it was me. And so I show up and I have to save like 12 seats. But fortunately, the people in front of me are doing the same thing. And I, I didn't have anything. And so the lady in front of me had a scarf. And so she said, here, you can put this across the, the chairs. So that opened up a conversation. And I started talking to her son. They were there for uh, this family. Also had a daughter graduating uh, with, my, with my daughter. And so her brother was there. And we started a conversation. And this young man was probably one of the most impressive people I've run across in a long time. He's a college student who has done more by the time he's in his early 20s than probably I might ever do. Uh, when I was in college, I was really thinking about, wow, when is the next fraternity party? And meanwhile, this guy is running an investment company and has started several businesses and then has helped start an accelerator for entrepreneurs on his campus. And that's when I said, uh, would you care to come on my podcast? And he said yes. And a week later, we jumped forward and, and here we are. So today's guest is Ravi Govind. And what happened to him is when he was a freshman in high school, he looked around for like a really good internship, like the kind that college students would have. And who wanted to give a 14-year-old a college-level internship? And so as a freshman in high school, he said, well, to heck with it. I'm going to start my own business. And he started an enterprise software development platform. Now, while this wasn't some huge success that he sold for billions of dollars, he considers it one of the greatest learning opportunities he's ever had. But besides technology, he also always had a love for finance and investment, so he manages a global investment fund. And then he went to college and he set his sights on entrepreneurial education. And while at school, he founded and is now the founder and president of Accelerate Hofstra at Hofstra University. It's a student-run business incubator, uh, incubator, and they help sort of either idea stage companies or people who have more than just an idea. They specialize in helping their members scale their existing businesses effectively, placing an emphasis on not detracting from their studies, but being able to grow the business. And I just was fascinated by this, so I invited him to the show. Ravi, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hi, Tom. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me on. No, I appreciate it. So I gave sort of this like overview background of, of what you do, but why don't you give us a little bit more about you and then tell us about Accelerate Hofstra. Well, so uh, actually, I hate to do this, but uh, I'm actually 19 years old. Oh, my uh, I God. turned 20 uh, this year. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so you know, I'm from Austin, Texas, and one of the things I love about Austin is we are Definitely, I think, on the forefront of a lot of entrepreneurial trends. Uh, I think we are probably the greatest entrepreneurial tech hotspot outside of Silicon Valley these days. Agreed. And so I've always kind of been exposed to the notion of starting your own company and creating value and solving real meaningful problems. 
And I think that's what always kind of excited me. You know, I love puzzles. I love challenges. And I love fixing things, you know, fixing issues that, that face us today. So my first company that you mentioned did um, enterprise software deployment. And basically how I saw it was, you know, there's a lot of costs and inefficiencies associated with rolling out any sort of enterprise-wide software, whether it be, you know, anything as basic as, as Microsoft Office all the way up to um, very complicated ERPs or inventory control uh, suites. So, anywho, so I created this platform along with my, my CTO, and we had a couple of uh, full-time engineers. And what we did was we found a way to deploy this in real time, you know, uh, using off-site computing from some server in the middle of nowhere at a very low cost uh, with minimal latency. You know, as you said, it, it, it wasn't the next Microsoft or anything, but it was still an amazing learning opportunity and really jump-started my love of entrepreneurship and you know, ultimately solving problems and kind of taking control of my own education. And, and meanwhile, you were a freshman and sophomore in high school. Yes, sir. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry that I said you were in your early 20s. I mean, folks, he's only 19. You know, shocking that he's uh, he's only 19. He's able to do this. But I guess if you start at 14, it sort of does accelerate that curve. There you go. So then you go off to college. Yes. And and then what? Um, so and then what? You know, so kind of road up to college was an interesting one for me. If I if I can talk about that for a second, sure, of course. Um, so I spent uh, uh, two years at Liberal Arts and Science Academy High School, which is an amazing school. Is I think the number seven ranked high school in the nation or something. Unbelievable! Yeah, a, it is an unbelievable program. We were very fortunate. Uh, my my daughter just graduated from there, and we were very very fortunate that it was a great platform for for an education yeah and so after two years of, of being at Lhasa I kind of got notion of well what am I doing here you know yes I'm learning things I'm learning about you know the Greek classics and you know calculus or whatever it ended up being but it wasn't applicable learning at least to me and I always had this notion of well why am I learning this you know is this a good return on investment of my time and so I kind of said, well, it really isn't. So I left and I went to uh, Gonzalo Garza Independence High School, which is also run by the Austin Independent School District. And they're a self-paced program. And basically I said, okay, let's, let's get this over with. And so I spent the next, you know, a little under a year. And I graduated in about three years of high school. So then I had this year left over. And, um, you know, I, I've started a company in the past. I worked for a couple other people beforehand. Um, but through this process, um, I ended up giving the um, keynote address at my graduation and uh, Maria Karstarfin, who was the superintendent of Austin Public Schools at the time, uh, invited me to join her team. So I worked for the finance department for about a year. And during that time was kind of my, you know, I like senior year of high school. And instead of learning, you know, math and history and the English language, I learned, you know, how to, you know, live a life, I guess. You know, I learned a lot of applicable um, big business uh, processes. You know, I learned... Um, how uh, uh, businesses function, large operations function, because, you know, the Austin Independent School District uh, at the time had about 11,500 employees, and we educated about 86,000 students. So it was very large, and I learned a lot. I think I learned a lot more than I would have in, high, in a senior year of high school. <laughs> and so during that same year was when I was applying to colleges, and, you know, for me, applying to college was actually an interesting situation because, you know, I didn't really have the same background of I went through an amazing high school program and I, you know, did some sport or marching band or whatever, and I took XYZ AP classes. That just didn't happen for me. So it was kind of an interesting fit. And so I eventually stumbled upon Hofstra University, which is up on Long Island in New York, and it is an absolutely amazing program. Uh, we have one of the best communication schools in the country. We have an amazing uh, business program. 
Uh, we just uh, spent a bunch of money redoing our um, School of Engineering and Applied Sciences. Absolutely amazing university. I think it is one of the um, you know hidden gems of American higher education. And what I did there is, um, you know, again with the entrepreneurial mentality, I guess I tried to figure out, you know, how can I contribute back to Hofstra? You know, I'm not exactly a, a you know amazing athlete or anything, so I was going to join the sports team. And you know, we had some clubs here and there, and you know, they we did have a, a you know semi-active uh, entrepreneurship club. They just didn't really take it to a level that I kind of grew accustomed to. You know, growing up in Austin, Texas, and having you know. Um, the you know surrounded by the inspiration of people like Josh Bear and Bob Metcalf who've done amazing things with University of Texas on their own trying to foster that spirit you know outside of Silicon Valley and so I created Accelerate Hofstra and what we do is we operate as um, an offshoot of the business school and we take on student projects you know student companies student like companies and we help them get the tools they need the resources they need get in touch with the right people you know guidance so they can effectively build and scale their ideas. And I was amazed just how much talent, untapped talent there is at American universities. And I have a very good friend who, um, he started a um, uh, smoke detector system for uh, the deaf and hard of hearing market. And, you know, he struggled a little bit trying to get a lot of things together because he just didn't have the background that I was afforded to by having access to so many inspiring mentors along the way. And so, you know, we got him on track, and he's now, you know, um, he got a patent for his uh, invention. He's currently talking with venture capital firms. He's undergoing uh, underwriters laboratory testing for his product, and he hopes to be on the market later this summer. And so that kind of inspired me to, well, can we scale this? And so we kind of did. And so Accelerate Hofstra now, the leadership team is about five, six people. We have an incoming cohort of student-led businesses that we'll be starting this fall. This summer, we're building what's called a what we're calling experiential learning platforms, experiential learning projects. So any student, whether you're part of Accelerate Hofstra, whether you're part of the business school, you know, any student at Hofstra University can come in and we are building these platforms where basically you can teach yourself any one of a number of skills. And we're launching with uh, Python, C++, and distributed team management. And we think it's a really great platform that we're working with um, expert partners who they are the best of the best in these fields to build a platform, again, where you can walk yourself through it with our guidance and have access to experts to help you along. And we think it's a really neat value add and a very different style of education than sitting in a classroom and, you know, um, having a professor up at the whiteboard or on the projector nowadays, I guess, um, telling you how something works. And, and I love a lot of lecture classes, don't get me wrong. I mean, I have some amazing professors that their lectures truly are inspiring. And, um, I'm not being sarcastic or anything, but we think... Certain things are taught better in certain formats. A lot of my um, business acumen, I think, comes from teaching myself through my various ventures or working for other people. And I kind of wanted to bring that experience to others. So you were doing a lot of amazing things at such an early age. Do you think, you know, the age-old question, are entrepreneurs made or entrepreneurs born? What do you think led you to doing all this stuff? You know... I, I think it can be a bit of both. You know, uh, as a point of clarification, I'm not an entrepreneurship major. I'm actually a finance major um, because my take, I think, on entrepreneurship is entrepreneurship isn't a skill set. You can't hand someone a book and here's entrepreneurship. And as an entrepreneur yourself, I'm, I'm sure you can say the same thing. I think entrepreneurship is a mentality. I think it is the, cre yeah, the value creation, how to solve a problem, solve a challenge in front of you intelligently that is entrepreneurship you know 
again, I work for the Austin Pant School District, which is, you know, not a startup or anything. It's a municipal government entity, which is very large with, a, you know, a billion dollars plus in cash flow. When I worked there, I did a lot of value-add stuff. And that's some of the most memorable projects I worked on while I was there was how do you take a process and make it better? You know, there was one process I worked on with um, accounts payable, and they were spending hours and hours and hours every single accounting cycle, every single month, uh, doing basic data validation. And uh, one of the things that I, I did for them was create a process where you could take you know, a 10-plus-hour project that happens every single month that someone had to go through by hand and do, and I could turn the same process into five minutes. And I think that mentality is the entrepreneurship mentality, and it's, it's not mutually exclusive to other organizations. Anyone can have the mentality in any organization. And I think that's what kind of entrepreneurship means to me. Well, and I think, you know, I, I spent most of my career working in, in corporations and, and, and groups, uh, law firms and stuff as the marketing director. And I always felt that, you know, the term entrepreneur gets thrown around a lot. I always felt that that's who I was, that I ran the marketing department for these organizations as if it was my own company. And every year I would go in and ask, you know, the principals in the organization I worked for that if, if I was an outside contractor, would you rehire me for another year? And I remember I was in the law firm and one of the partners laughed and he said, you're a smart guy because you don't ask a question you don't know the answer to. You know that we, you know, you've become an integral part of our business. You know, of course we would rehire you for another year. And, you know, I kind of look at it that that entrepreneurship, you can be an entrepreneur inside a big company as long as you have that mindset. And so what I always tell people is entrepreneurship isn't a verb. It's not an action thing. I don't, I don't go entrepreneur. It's a lifestyle. Absolutely. I 100% agree. So what do you love about being this person who just takes life by the horns? Because, I mean, I made the joke that, you know, you've done more by 19 than most of us will ever do in our life. But the truth is you have. So what do you like about this life of being entrepreneurial? I mean, I like solving, I like solving challenges. I like solving – and I like doing meaningful work. You know, uh, in, in high school, um, not to belittle the hard efforts of a lot of people, but – uh, I think people spend a lot of time doing very low value add things. And if that's what they enjoy, then more power to them. You know, personally for me, I, I, I have my sights set on a much larger goal. I want to go down the history books as the kind of person that, you know, solved a real problem and made humanity better. And I think I, every single thing I do, whether it be responding to an email or launching a new venture, I think in the back of my mind, I ask myself, you know, what is my legacy from this? Is this a good use of my time? And I think people as a whole should always keep that in mind on what they're doing is, is this a good use of my time? You know, whether that be, you know, a monetary reward, are you getting paid money to do it? Do you enjoy it? You know, I think um, one of the things that, that I do a lot is, you know, I spend a lot of time um, in meetings, sending emails, writing uh, proposals, whatever. Um, you need to take time for yourself and make sure that's important. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs who they are go, 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 and they work, you know, 16, 18 hours a day. And I mean, like solid and I have the utmost respect for them. I have no idea how they do it. They're amazing, but I, you know, I can't do that. I have to take time on the weekends or at night or whatever to relax. And so those hours are still very useful to me, even though they're not necessarily, you know, uh, higher value add at that moment. So is there anything about this lifestyle that, I mean, for, you know, a lot of people I talk to have made a move into entrepreneurship after being in corporate America. I mean, you've, you've been doing this sort of from the womb. Is, is there anything about the life where you think, God, I could have just gone to Hofstra and got, got a finance degree and gone and got my CPA and, and gone to work for Ernst & Young? I mean, is there ever any times you think, why, why am I doing all this? Um, you know, 
Again, I, I enjoy it. I think, again, I from as a little kid, I always loved getting puzzles and mind games and Rubik's Cubes and whatever and figuring out how they work, uh, you know, how to solve them, uh, how to make it better. And so I think that's the mentality. It just kind of grew from, you know, solving a puzzle at three or four years old into, you know, creating an enterprise at 19. And again, to talk about, you know, Ian Y, I love working for big organizations. I loved working for the Austin Pet School District. Um, you know, and I fully anticipate that I will work for big organizations again, you know, uh, whether as a career on and off or whatever after college, you know, to go work for an invest, a global investment bank or a global management consulting firm or, you know, some sort of large corporate firm. I think that'd be fun because it is interesting to see a lot of viewpoints because you never know uh, when you will pick up some sort of talent, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of high schoolers to speak about, you know, because I'm roughly that age, you know, Jackie, Clara, who's my sister, who is uh, uh, in Jackie's class, um, a lot of them work summer jobs and, you know, uh, uh, in grocery stores or, or food service industry or whatever it might retail, whatever it might be. And a lot of them don't fully appreciate that what they're learning. Um, customer service is a unbelievably valuable skill. You know, the customer experience can make or break um, a, a retail experience. Um, and I think everyone kind of realizes that, but people need to realize again what they can pull out of something, which is why, again, I to go back to the big business thing, I love getting experience where I can get it. So I, I'm not kind of writing off big business because, again, it, it is a useful experience. Well, I'm going to ask you in just a second about what advice you have for people who, who want to go down this path. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of the show. So today's episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headaches out of creating your own podcast. And how do I know this? Because they're who I use to produce cool things entrepreneurs do. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and having great guests like Ravi Govind here on the show. For an exclusive offer to all my listeners, they have a special offer going on at podfly.net slash cool things, and you can find out if you want to start a podcast what Podfly Productions can do for you. So Ravi, what advice do you have for people, you know, maybe they're 19, maybe they're a college student thinking, I want to be like this guy, or maybe they're 49 like me, and they say, you know, I should have done this 30 years ago. What advice do you have for someone who wants to be more entrepreneurial or start their own business? You know, I say do it, um, obviously. Um, I think people need to, to step back and say, how can I adopt the entrepreneurial mentality to, to completely, uh, you know, jump off the diving board and and, and quit your day job and, and go start, you know, a startup, whatever it might be, tech, finance, um, you know, management consulting, whatever it ends up being. You know, it's a very risky move, especially if you're, you know, later in life and you're dependent on a regular paycheck. But again, I think anyone can adopt the entrepreneurial mentality of how can I solve a problem? How can I create value wherever you are in whatever field you're in? And I think that's a great first step of, you know, can you do that? If, you know, can you be your own boss? Can you figure out how to again, solve a problem. And I think that's the first step for a lot of people to try to go on a much longer journey of, you know, how can you create the next great something, whether that be the next great local bakery or the next great, you know, uh, corporate giant. So clearly 
you haven't done this all by yourself. Clearly, you've had some mentors, and we talked a little bit about that when we met. Who are some of the mentors that you've had who've helped you been able to figure all this out? Well, I've had some amazing mentors. Um, one of the uh, one of them is uh, Lance Healy over at Banyan Technology. They do third party logistics. They're a very cool uh, real time online third party logistics company. Um, I spent uh, a few months uh, working for him uh, a couple years ago. Um, some others are Rhonda Allen with Imagine Work, which is, and I've known her for a number of years. I just recently got the opportunity to work with her, though. Um, I'm working with her uh, uh, for the next couple of months, and um, uh, she really helped me in the very early days and, and on forward in trying to figure out, you know, who I am, how can I kind of do this. Um, you know, I, I consider my, you know, my father an amazing uh you know, guiding light for me. Um, you know, he's had a number of different careers in his lifetime, everything from the foreign service to private sector consulting to uh, working for the state uh, as director of hospitals. And I think all the people together, I learned a lot from and in aggregate uh, kind of made myself out of the inspiration from these people. So you had the, the, the luck, I guess, or the, or the good fortune of growing up in Austin, Texas, where there is this entrepreneurial spirit that is everywhere. So obviously, you know, the, your neighbors, your friends, parents, there were a lot of people who could expose you to this world and you could see a lot of, of possible mentors. What advice do you have, especially for someone who's a college student who maybe didn't grow up around sort of the, the vibe that you did of the business world? How do they find mentors? How do they find somebody to, to, to sort of help guide them? You know, if you're in college, um, talk to your professors. Go to their office hours. You know, I have a lot of amazing professors who I, – I'm an economics professor who I would go in, you know, every once in a while. And we would talk for, you know, an hour plus about, you know, just some uh, random economic idea. And uh, we had some great ideas that came out of it. Um, professors are an amazing resource. And outside the classroom, they are incredibly underutilized compared to, you know, People go to lecture, but they never bother to go to office hours. And, I, and a lot of professors sit there for hours on end, and you know, no one ever shows up. So absolutely 100% do that. You know, the other thing I'll say is see who's in your area. Um, I know entrepreneurs, at least the ones I've been exposed to a lot, are incredibly generous people. If you shoot them an email and, you know, take the time to write a personal email and, and you know, ask them, hey, do you have any advice for me? You know, I, I want to get into this. If you take the time and write a well-thought email, you know, you have a very high conversion rate into someone sending an email back and saying, yeah, absolutely, I'll have to help you. Um, a lot of places have this infrastructure that people don't realize. Again, I'm kind of lucky that i born in Austin. I go to school up in New York. Um, so we have a lot of amazing people kind of in that area. But even if you're not in an entrepreneurial hotspot, you know, it's available. And the other thing I'll, I'll say is even if you're in, you know, some uh, small town college in you know a non-large uh, entrepreneurial hotspot or a corporate hotspot um we live in a day and age where anyone can talk to anybody instantly you know we're doing this interview on skype um you know uh, slack google hangouts whatever people can talk to each other and one of the things that i love and it's been a trend for the last couple of years is distributed teams um you know people are hiring people all the time so you'd be amazed you can get an internship with a company in, you know, Hong Kong if you live in Boise, Idaho. So the internet is an amazing resource. You just need to go out there, find opportunities, and, you know, seize one of them for yourself. So do you think that there is a, a, a real vibe for college students to, to be entrepreneurial? Yeah, I think so. You know, we've done a lot of effort, uh, we've done a lot of research with Accelerator Hofstra trying to figure out what the um, kind of 
entrepreneurial barometer is. And some of the studies I've seen have shown up to, you know, 25, 26% of college students envision themselves working for themselves at some point during their career. So I think that's a very um, inspiring statistic. Uh, you know, statistics can be misleading often, <laughs> but I think that's a pretty accurate one. Well, what is the old saying? 97% of all statistics are made up on the spot. Yes, I think that's about <laughs> it. Um, well, Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain, also had a quote. There's, there's three types of lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. <laughs> well, now, so not a lot of colleges, though, have something like Accelerate Hofstra. I mean, obviously, when we think of entrepreneurship, you know, we instantly think of Stanford, the University of Texas at Austin. Uh, you know, maybe a handful of others, you know, sort of come to mind. Carnegie Mellon, Harvard, you know, a few others. But not everybody probably has what you have created and has that exposure to it, right? Yeah. And again, that's one of the reasons I want to do this. You know, I, again, being in Austin, I was exposed to, um, you know, institutions like Capital Factory or Longhorn Startup, which are both Josh Bear uh, uh, ventures. And I kind of want to create the same vibe up in New York. And one of the, I'll, I'll be honest, one of the things, one of the biggest challenges I'm facing running Accelerator Hoster is people don't know what an incubator or an accelerator is. So you have a bunch of students, and even if they're interested in entrepreneurship and you know uh, have an idea for a company, you know the concept of having an incubator is foreign to them. So one of the biggest struggles we've had is making sure people understand what we do and don't just you know write us off, uh, especially in an environment you know like Hofstra and many other colleges where there's a lot of other um, amazing student organizations that uh, are competing for the same. Uh, student body. You know, we have something like uh, Accelerator Hofstra isn't technically a club. We operate as part of the business school, but there are about 350 clubs at Hofstra University, all competing for the same, you know, 12,500 students. So to make sure we differentiate ourselves enough um, is, is really the challenge. People are interested in entrepreneurship. People want to create value. It's making sure they know who we are and, and how to find us out and what we do. So as part of what you're doing in building, because obviously, I mean, when did you found Accelerate Hofstra? How long ago? Um, technically, we were founded this past November. We, uh, well, we, start, we started the process of getting us together last uh, October, November. We got the final green light back in February. Uh, we hit the ground running with a kickoff event back in April, and it's kind of been a mad dash to get everything together for a full cohort in the fall. So you're brand spanking new. So is there part of this building process? Are you trying to put together a roadmap for other universities to be able to, to, to recreate all the work you're doing? Uh, yes, actually. And I'm working with uh, a nonprofit to try to, and, and they're, again, very early on, they haven't launched a full campaign or anything yet. But what I'm trying to do with this is take Accelerate Hofstra and take our model and all of our work, our experiential learning projects, the infrastructure to take on student businesses, you know, the methodologies that we use to um, build out external networks, all that good stuff, package it together and give it away to any university that wants it. So, you know, if you're a small institution that, you know, maybe uh, 1,500 to 2,500 uh, students or, or whatever it might be, that you can take this and someone can implement it without having to reinvent the wheel. Because we have something like 3,000 universities across this country and, you know, as you said, only a handful really have a, this, a, a program or a similar type of program. And even then, your mileage may vary in terms of what they, you know, can offer. So that, I love that you're 
you know, I hadn't asked you that in advance, but I love that that was the answer. Because one of the things I believe is is great entrepreneurs, people who really have an entrepreneurial spirit, they really want to give back. They want to find a way to have an impact that goes greater than their own business or their own project. And so I love the fact that as you build this in its infancy, you were thinking two steps ahead of how do we have sort of a plug and play model where other people can create this same opportunity. So I love that answer. Yeah. And, you know, I don't make any money. I don't draw a salary. I don't get equity in our portfolio companies. Um, I am truly doing this because I want to help other people realize their full potential as well. You know, and, and we're trying to aggressively build out Accelerate Hofstra. One of the things that uh, myself and, and Elior Eliyev, who is my head of, uh, who's my VP and head of incubator operations, we are trying to um, build a internal quasi venture capital fund. We're going to try. We're, we're working with uh, uh, some potential external venture capital funds to try to do a mini fund for Accelerate Hofstra that some of their partners and, and a couple of our leadership members would be able to make, uh, you know, fifteen thousand, twenty-five thousand, so you know, dollar, so not very high dollar amount um, investments in these companies to get them, you know, kind of off the ground and moving along. So things like that are, you know, all trying to things we're putting a package together to try to augment how we view education in this country. So I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, and this is the part of the show where I usually ask people, what are you doing in your business or your life or your world that's cool? But really everything you've said sort of answers that question. Is there, is there anything else you want to tell us about what, what you're doing or about, about Accelerate Hofstra or about yourself? Yeah, I mean, you know, so I, I think I covered Accelerate Hofstra pretty, pretty thoroughly. Um, other things I do, you know, I run a... Um, uh, global investment fund, and it's very tech-based. We use a lot of quantitative methodologies to, you know, quantitative methodologies analysis to try to build out um, our investment schema. So that's always fun. You know, fortunately, that makes money, so there's less pressure on me to to monetize Accelerate Host or anything else. Um, you know, uh, I I I'm, I you know I recently launched a blog that I'll talk about in a minute. How to get in contact with it, and I'm just trying to do um, you know a lot of thought leadership stuff. I'm spending the summer with. Uh, Rhonda Allen and her amazing team at Imagine Work, and that's been an unbelievable education experience for me. Um, you know, uh, one person I think everyone who listens to this podcast should check out, who is one of the coolest entrepreneurs on the planet, is Jay Shapiro over at Infinite Monkeys. And you know, he had a brilliant quote. I, I touched on this earlier: distributed teams. Um, you know, we have this notion of when you're hiring people, you know, you just randomly, almost by happenstance, get whoever. The, when you're interviewing people to take a position, they just have to be the most talented people within you know a 30 mile radius or so of your office building, you know. Versus distributed global teams, which is what Rhonda Allen and, and Jay Shapiro do, is they get the best talent globally, and I think that really is a eye opening concept, especially as in hotspots such as Silicon Valley or New York, you know, there's a land grab for talent, whether it be, you know, um, developers or, or engineers or, you know, in, in New York, it's a, it's a big deal now for bankers because you have the same talent pool and, and the Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan Chase of the world are competing with the same talent as, you know, the hedge funds and private equity funds, the management consultants who are paying them more money. So, the idea of being able to distribute your workforce, you know, there's the obvious benefits of having people um, working around the clock, um, but you also get access to the best talent, not just what happens to live in your area. I think that is one of the coolest things that I've seen recently and one of the biggest trends that's happening in the, the entrepreneurship space. So I think, you know, like I said, I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, I think the best ones find a way to give back. The other thing I think is that, or I believe, is that the best entrepreneurs 
our observers. So Ravi, we could talk about you and just the amazing life that you're creating kind of just out of the shoot here at 19 years old all day long. This could be like five podcasts. But in addition to you and what you're doing, what's something you see other entrepreneurs doing where you say, that's impressive and that's cool? And of course, you may have just answered that question in, in the last answer. Yeah, I mean, definitely the distributed team management. I mean, you know, distributed teams, I think, are one of the coolest things that's going on in the um, the quest for talent these days. Uh, some other things that I think are quite amazing, um, the, the what we're doing with data these days, I... I'm amazed by, I, I think it's astounding to look back and see what decisions that, you know, very important people have made based on very little data. And now we're suddenly getting this wash of new products like Domo or uh, Plantier or um, uh, whoever it might be, you know, uh, in, and this concept of having more data available to you is really trickling down with um, offerings such as Kimono or Outwit, where you can, in a couple of seconds, build an API in your web browser. And I think that's a very, very cool trend that a lot of people will start to adopt, whether it be in a you know uh, global-facing you know uh, uh, corporation or um, your local coffee shop and bakery, who suddenly can make more informed decisions about who your clientele is. You know, how can you? You know, increase revenue. How can you better market your your offering? So I think distributed team management and data analysis are two very hot and up and coming trends. And you know, I, I will you know uh, uh, make a footnote and just say yes, we do have a lot of buzzwords flying around. The whole big data buzzword. I think and I think everyone's a little tired of hearing a lot of these buzzwords. But it doesn't mean there's not a lot of amazing revolutionary ideals, methodologies, technologies, people who are coming out of that space. Well, Ravi, I got to tell you, I'm a big believer in serendipity and the fact that you were standing in front of us, you know, an hour before your sister's graduation, which was my daughter's graduation from high school. I, I just believe that it was the right person at the right time because this has been one of my favorite interviews. You know, I've almost done 80 shows since I launched Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And I, I, I'm already thinking I have to have you back because I imagine by the time you're 20, you're going to have a whole new perspective and a whole new set of stuff that's going on. So thank you very much for being a guest on the show. If people are like, we got to know more about, about Ravi and we've got to know more about Accelerate Hofstra or anything that you talked about, how in the world do they get in touch with you? Yes, I have a website, um, Ravi Govind, R-A-V-I-G-O-V as in Victor, I-N as in Nancy, D as in David, dot com. Check it out. Um, I recently put a blog on there. I think there's one whole post. I'll be, long, I'll be putting a new one up there you know, later this afternoon or maybe tomorrow. Um, you, know, you can get my contact info. You can see um, you know, short snippets about Accelerate Hofstra, um, my fund, um, a couple of other ventures I'm doing. Uh, you can get uh, my phone number, email address, uh, no spam, please, guys. <laughs> uh, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, all that good stuff. So, yeah, check me out. Drop me a line. Uh, I look forward to hearing from any of the listeners of the show. Well, and I think you may have been the first in what I hope to be uh, a long, ongoing series of cool things entrepreneurs do on campus because I think that the next generation, you know, that, that's our future. And so I think I should be interviewing a lot more people like you because I think it's inspiring for everybody in the audience to see that there really are no limitations. If Ravi can do this much stuff, the rest of us have to stop making excuses. So again, thank you very much for being a guest on the show. For those of you who've listened, thank you for tuning in to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. We're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as Ravi. But in the meantime... Go out there and have a great day. 
Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.